Hi, this is Erica Potter. And this is Hunter Willis. And this is Hot Girl Briefing. Hey, Hunter. Hey, Erica. Are you excited to record another episode of our Hot Girl Briefing? Listen, girl, I'm always excited to be recording Hot Girl Briefing. This is this is like one of like my fun things to do throughout the week. Like it genuinely gives me joy to go and record. Like you as dorky as it is, us. and if anybody in my program is listening, um, I, I I don't know what to say. Um, first of all, thank you. Second of all, I'm embarrassed. Um, but third of all, I do love, I do love this podcast. I think it's so much fun to go and record, especially after like a busy week like this week. I am absolutely down to just chill, record, talk it out, talk some policy. Yeah, we need to be elevating the right people to fame. So boost this podcast so that me and Hunter <laughs> are famous because honestly, we deserve it. Listen, I I would love being a famous podcaster. I would be, I would have like a lot of like cringy feelings towards it, um, but I would be happy because and then I could go on more target runs because your boy's broke because I'm a grad student, so. Yeah, we could do like a hot girl briefing and crime. A hot girl target run. That's what we need to be doing. Hot girl target hot- runs. I'll show you my haul. I just went on a target run. That's so funny. But <laughs> hot girl briefing and crime junkie. Imagine us doing a crime episode. I think that that would be fun. I think we could totally do that. We could do um, like international crime. I think that that'd be really interesting. Yeah, let us know if you want to hear us talk about some international crime some infamous criminals drop a little bonus episode here there who knows but what are we going to be talking about this week we're going to be talking about public safety protocols and policies so this is a bit of a hot topic because of what has just very recently happened at astro world so we thought that this would be a pretty good topic to be covering this week Um, and kind of looking a little bit more into it. Yeah, this is like really fresh in our world right now. This is is all coming out right now this weekend. The memories, the videos, the experiences are all super fresh. So we thought it'd be a perfect topic for discussion to talk Mm. about what maybe led to incidents like Astroworld Fest at Houston like what are the public safety policies because I think everybody is like oh my god this was so negligent how did this happen well let's get into it Mm -hmm. all right so Hunter have there been any events in the past that could have created safer regulations and best practices to be utilized at Astroworld yeah so there has been a history of failures in safety protocols and safety regulations um, especially when it comes to outdoor venues So in 2012, specifically, the New York Times wrote a whole article about this, um, where Jim Digby created an organization called the Event Safety Alliance after an accident at the Indiana State Fair, where stage rigging collapsed through the weather. Jim Digby wanted to utilize this organization to increase awareness for safety protocols and best practices while working more so in like a grassroots style to do so. So instead of getting a whole lobbying firm or something behind him, he thought that it would be best to be spreading the word through a more grassroots style. With this, we could also see in this article, there were a lot of different factors that played into this. So one of the big factors at the Indiana State Fair was weather. So they can be quoted saying that Lincoln Park became the first rock band to have its touring operation, received the National Weather Service's Storm Ready Seal of Approval, 
after the band hired a consulting company, Weather Decision Technologies, to provide warnings on weather hazards. Groups like Lincoln Park also demanded guarantees in their contracts to build stages to specific engineering standards and draw up emergency plans that explicitly have a protocol for who's responsible for shutting down a show. So we can see that this has been good for Lincoln Park. I actually, not to get too off topic, but I did see a TikTok literally earlier today where it was Lincoln Park and they were saying like, hey, they saw that a couple of people had fallen in the crowd and they stopped the entire show until these people were picked up off the floor because they knew that it was a dangerous thing. As soon as someone's on the floor, you can't see them. If someone starts stepping on them, then they can get trampled. And it just leads to a horrible experience for everybody and can lead to a lot of like casualties and injuries. So we can see just through this little TikTok video that, you know, Lincoln Park is out here just really trying their best to create the safest environment for their concert goers, which is how everybody should be as an entertainer, I feel like. Yeah, I saw that video that you're talking about. And actually, I think Chester, after he stopped the performance to get that person up, he had the crowd, he shouted to the crowd. He was like, what do we do when someone falls? We pick, pick them up. Them and then up. Like, yeah, and then they yes. were like standing back and forth, like, like what where do we do? was this pick from Travis up. Scott? Yeah, I mean, this is Lincoln Park and this is more of like a rock band where it's usually norm more known to have situations occur like mosh pits where, you know, that is more of a violent approach to a concert going experience. And so if you're having these rock bands do these things, I think that it's entirely possible for a rapper like Travis Scott to be able to insert these same type of safety protocols within their concerts and within their festivals. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the layout was at the Indiana State Fair. Um, I can definitely see where weather has a huge impact on outdoor festivals, but mm. I saw the layout of the Astro World Fest and that unacceptable from from the start, unacceptable. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, there's like a lot, there's just so many instances within the past, especially like 10 years. I think it was in 2014 that there was some man that got his finger bitten off at a Jay-Z and Beyonce concert because he had said something to another concert goer. There are people being sexually assaulted at these concerts. There are people who are grabbing performers at these concerts. I mean, it, it, it just really calls for a lot more safety protocols to be put in place and for there to be a lot more regulations on these experiences, especially when you're having so many people go there. Because there were, what, 50,000 people at Astroworld? And that's not including the people that, you know, didn't have tickets and were trying to get in for free without being ticketed. So there were 50,000 official concert goers, but then how many of them also- Not even trying. They got through. They broke down the fence. Like, did you see that mob? Yeah. That and so it's like, yeah. how many of these people were, you know, not even accounted for? So when you were, when the event organizers were going and ordering security and they were trying to have enough guards in place, they weren't accounting for these unticketed people. They were only accounting for the 50,000. So it's a I little- I mean, I still think the public safety protocols had a huge thing to play with because Coachella has like, what, 100,000 concert goers? I've never heard about crushing or stampeding deaths related to Coachella. So it is all, it, it's possible to manage a crowd that size. It just wasn't done properly. And so, obviously safety protocols were not being followed. Yeah, because then you also have to look at, you know, past experiences with this specific performer as well, where Travis Scott, he had previously had problems relating to 
wild crowds at his performances. He was arrested in 2017 for allegedly inciting a riot at the Walmart Arkansas Music Pavilion, where police said that he encouraged people to rush the stage, according to an article by Rolling Stone. He pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of disorderly conduct in 2018, and then he paid $6,825.31 in restitution to two people who claimed that they were injured at the at the show. However, there was one concert goer, Kyle Green, who was 27, was injured at his April 30th, 2017 concert at Terminal 5 in Manhattan, where Scott was seen on video encouraging people to jump off of railings. And, you know, so this person, Kyle Green, was pushed off of a third story railing, dropped down, and then was dragged essentially up to the front of the stage and then it was just I mean after security took him out they took him out without any without a cervical collar backboard or other safety precautions it was stated that security picked him up like a sack of potatoes and carried him toward the front Travis offered him his ring then they finally carried him out unfortunately he was paralyzed Green's lawyer Howard Hershenhorn said during an interview on Saturday the case is still currently going on it's still pending but Green was confined to a wheelchair when he first filed the lawsuit in Manhattan Supreme Court. The name Scott, his manager, and the concert's promoter, Bowery Presents, and a security company as defendants. Hershenhorn said his client can actually walk now, but with significant, significant disability. He's partially paralyzed still. And it's like, you know, you would think that after even one of these events that somebody would say, hey, let's, let's really figure out how not to, you know, incentivize a crowd to start doing dangerous things while still hyping up a crowd. I've been to plenty of concerts where everybody's been super hype in the audience. However, nothing like this has happened where people are being pushed off of balconies or trampled and gates are being pushed over. And, you know, it's just like, it's horrifying to think about. I mean, I try to stay away from those concerts. Like, I think I've told you my favorite concert ever was Leah Michelle and Darren Chris because it was at an opera house. And I literally sat down in my own seat and nobody yes. was like pressing up on me my personal space was not invaded and like I don't even like normal like standing concerts like you know outdoors a DTE mm -hmm. let alone what's happening at Astroworld but I mean it's just one of those things where this was definitely a preventable accident I guess you could say like a preventable tragedy Whereas mm -hmm. like, I think when you brought up like past histories of events having like security mishaps or things, my mind immediately goes to the Ariana Grande concert. And I feel like that was an unpreventable one. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Ariana Grande didn't really get canceled or anything like I imagine Travis Scott might, but the Manchester- Yeah, I mean, Scott Ariana Grande was not, you know, asking people to bring violence in. Meanwhile, Travis yeah. Scott was saying, hey, like, catch this guy. If you jump off of the railing, somebody will catch you. Or, hey, come on, keep on stomping until, and then Travis Scott was quoted, stomp until the ground shakes. I mean. Well, the Manchester bombing brought about the clear bag policy. Yeah. Ariana implemented it. And I saw several videos talking about that same clear bag policy that wasn't even being enforced. Neither was the COVID vaccine or you know, restrictions, COVID restrictions weren't being enforced. Like that's a boggle in my mind most that this happened during COVID. And then what else wasn't enforced? Um, they didn't even check wristbands. So people could have literally walked in with like a freaking like 
piece of rope around their like hand and been like, I paid for a ticket, which is honestly mm-hmm. insulting to all the people who probably spent thousands on tickets. All this is alleged, by the way. We cannot confirm. Of course, not there, this but... is based on our research of social media, based yes. on the Astro World Fest. We obviously this just happened. We could not conduct any sort of um, scholarly research from this specific event, but mm-hmm. allegedly, but with all of these alleged actions, I mean, it's it it's it, allegedly with all of these actions occurring here, there were so many different security enforcements that were not being followed um you know and then even when you go and look online you see there was one there was one instance where I found from one of our sources that it said usually you want to have around 100 people you want to have 100 people per one guard so if this was the case then they were over by 17,200 guests at Astro World and 172 guards when they should have had 500 guards because there were essentially 672 security personnel at Astro World, but there was another source that said that you want to have one guard per every 25 to 50 people. So even going off the long version of that and saying that the high version and saying that it was 50 guests per one guard, they were under by 16, almost 16 and a half thousand guests and 328 guards when they should have had a thousand guards and they only had the 672. So they should have had an additional 328 security guards. And then if you were going off the low end of that with the 25 guests per one guard, which personally just coming from like a risk standpoint, you would think that if there were already instances of this specific performer having, you know, a little bit of a rowdier concert experience and a little bit of rowdier people being at this concert, you would think you would want to go with the more risk, you know, averse option. And so maybe have one security person per every 25 guests. Um, However, if they were going off of this, then they were under by 33,200 guests out of the 50,000, and they were under by 1,328 guards when they should have had 2,000 guards. So you should have had an additional 1,328 guards if you're going off the 25 guests per one guard policy, which just seems absolutely insane when you're thinking about 50,000 people, and then you have 672 security guards. It just, it seems... Like something, the math ain't mathin'. Allegedly, you know, there weren't enough guards, perhaps based on that model. But also another key factor in this whole situation is the lack of equipment, allegedly, alleged lack of equipment or training for the medical personnel staff. Yeah, because according to one source who is an ICU nurse, they were seeing teenagers go out and start giving CPR because there was such a lack of doctors there that there were teenagers doing CPR on people within the crowd, which I mean, like I'm getting chills right now just thinking about that. I mean, I've watched Grey's Anatomy, but I cannot imagine going to a concert to have fun and then going home being like, yeah, mom, I actually had to do CPR like 10 to 20 times on like different unconscious people. Yeah, I I could not even imagine. I mean, the New York Times reported that essentially at one point that there was an ambulance within the crowd, Travis Scott stopped the concert and then resumed by saying that Mr. Scott urged the crowd to make, quote, the ground shake, which just seems insane that you would see an ambulance in the crowd and then you would go back to, you know, just casually going on with your concert performance um, it was harmonizing so and he then, was like harmon like they were like make room make room yeah yeah like 
And it's just that like, was horrible you, harmonizing, but he was using auto tune too, so you know it doesn't matter. And you know, then you have the instance of Lincoln Park where they stopped the entire concert when like five people fell down. Five people fell down. The entire concert was stopped. Music was stopped. Performers not doing anything. All of them standing up there. Whoever had a mic was saying, "Do not do anything right now. Pick everybody up. Make sure that this is a thing. If it keeps on happening, we will stop the concert immediately." And chanting towards the crowd if somebody falls and then the crowd chanting back pick them up over and over and over again so I mean then the concert at Astroworld kept on going for about another 30 minutes even though this was 30 minutes before the concert was originally planned to stop but it it just I mean based off the New York Times reporting this just seems insane for this timeline of events so then you have Troy Finner saying that officials were worried that ending the concert quickly could make it worse and then said, we have to worry about rioting within the crowd, which well, yeah, apparently, is insane. Well, according to some people who were at the concert who left as soon as they could because they realized how dangerous the situation was, there was only one exit method. And I'm quoting a TikTok, so, you know, not the most reliable source. So of we'll, course, with a grain we'll, of salt. We'll put our, we will put our allegedly little quotation marks up there. This is all alleged. Yes, but uh, this TikTok user was basically saying that there was literally one exit. It was very confusing to get to. And the TikTok user, as young as she was, was recognizing that had everyone tried to leave at one point, it would be absolutely chaos. Like from the start, there was just not a good entry exit protocol. And so you're right that even stopping early could have made it worse. Mm -hmm. So it's like... I mean, where do we go from here at this point? Should we be instilling a federally mandated policy of how exactly to perform concert venues and how things should be regulated with concerts? Should we be leaving it up to local governments at this point? I mean, something- We need Jim Dingy back over here with the Event (laughs) Safety Alliance. Something clearly needs to change here. I mean, they had an example of the British doing this of where essentially they created a best practices model and then they handed this out to all the local governments and then the local governments were so much more enthused to participate in more of the regulations and guidance along with it because now they have this you know model to base it off of they have these regulations and policies right there in front of them but I mean you see there was an article as far back as August 2014 where there is Paul Wertheimer saying that essentially city officials and promoters are partially to blame because they want larger profits, that there's so much money involved within these giant events that it doesn't make sense for city officials to be super hard on them because they make so much money. I mean, there's a statistic straight from this article saying that Electric Daisy Festival brought more than $278 million in the Clark County's economy in 2013, reported by the Las Vegas Sun. And then Forbes estimated that the three-day Ultra Fest may have pumped as much as $200 million in the Miami economy in March. So, I mean, based off of USA Today's reporting, yeah, these city officials, if you're going to make $200 million off of a three-day event, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go and, you know, have super stringent... Yeah, it all comes back to the money for it, which is just unacceptable that you're willing to sacrifice lives. I mean, Paul Wertheimer then says, goes on to say that it's becoming acceptable that people are injured or die at these events. It's not an outrage, says Wertheimer. Unless it turns into something substantial, it's business as usual. And I think that his quote from seven years ago 
is extremely valid today. We're seeing this today where it's becoming acceptable. It's like, oh yeah, just something else that happened in another concert. Yeah, it's big news, but at the end of the day, is something going to change from it? We hope so, but I definitely think there needs to be tighter restrictions. Um, I don't see how that could like impact an economy because how does this, like, how does an event like this make any profit? Because you know what? I bet Astroworld will probably be canceled next year. I would hope it'd be canceled. It would be a little insensitive to continue it on. Like how, when you have deadly tragedies like this, not only does the city suffer, I mean, for, first and foremost, the family suffers, mm-hmm. number one, but the city suffers. Like everyone's going to remember this. Like I still remember the Manchester thing from Ariana Grande's and it's just having those tighter restrictions. Like people can stand outside. They don't need to allegedly prick bodyguards or like crash down fences. Mm-hmm. If they're really that concerned about the money, just have more concerts and just be a bit more safe about it. I understand that COVID made concerts a little scarce and that definitely probably put a dent into the economy like negatively, but tighter restrictions, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point it needs to be federally mandated. I don't think that you can leave it up to these localities to do this because you're seeing, you know, some localities have more stringent um yeah, they have to make of, a game from it. Yeah, they're it's saying, nice. you know, we want to regulate this a little bit more than others. And then you're seeing these venues and these events move to other places where there's not as many regulations concerning it. So I think that this needs to be coming from the top at this point of where, you know, the federal government needs to mandate some of these practices of, hey, you need to have X amount of guards per guest at your event if it's over X amount of people. You're having 50,000 people there. I personally don't think that, you know, a little less than 700 guards at that point is good for 50,000 people. I don't, I don't think that that's enough, especially when it's a very hype type of an environment. It's a younger environment. It, I personally don't think that's enough. So I think that, you know, we need to start having more rules and regulations on this and it needs to be coming from the top. So there can't just be different localities doing it extremely differently where, you know, some are super lenient on it. And then we have events like this happen again. This is being labeled as a mass casualty event. World is now labeled as a mass casualty event. So I mean, just think about how crazy like cities are when they have concerts. Like everyone knows in Detroit to like, when there's a Lions game, when there's a Tigers game that like, you know, the city's going to be crowded. You're like, avoid mm-hmm. it if you can. Um, yeah, I mean, for example, we saw just the other day when it was U of M versus Michigan State, we saw how many couches being burned in the streets, we saw cars being flipped over. I mean, it's like, there needs to be better crowd control for large events like this. When you're having this many people at these events, you need to have a better crowd control response to it. And, you know, not coming from like an authoritarian way of like suppressing crowds of, you know, peaceful protesters, but if things start to get violent and things start to get out of control, then, you know, there needs to be a better response for this. And we can see this with World, where there were willing individuals paying money to be here and it turned into a violent stampede. It's horrible to think about. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see that. And I, you know, maybe this is a hot take. This is my own personal opinion. But I also think it's up to us as well as members of the crowd, like have some responsibility. Don't burn couches in the street like first of all why 
Just mm-hmm. why? Donate that to the Salvation Army. Like, why are we burning couches and cars? Why are we stampeding? Like, could you imagine you're a tall person? So <laughs> I know the tall people had it a bit better, but like, could you imagine being like a 14 year old, five foot individual in the crowd? And even the six foot, over six foot men were saying they couldn't breathe. Could you imagine being like five yeah. foot and then nobody caring? Like, that's the thing that gets me is that it's not like they didn't know what was going on. Like people, you see videos of people saying there are people dying, there are people crushed. And they're like, show must go on. Like, I mean, no, it mustn't. Were, this isn't Broadway. No, no, no. There were two of the victims at Astroworld. One was 14 and one was 16 years old. You're barely even of driving age if you're even of getting your permit, of going to driver's ed at that point. And these people are dead now because of what happened at Astroworld. It's absolutely insane to think about that we don't have better better policies relating to this. You know, we saw this with the Triangle Shirt Wash Factory. If any of y'all were at A-Push, you know what I'm talking about. If you know your U.S. history, you know what I'm talking about. It was a large fire and it changed labor laws forever. There, now there's so many more safety protocols put in place just due to that one horrible tragedy. And I think that we need to be taking this as the same thing. This is a horrible tragedy and we really need to be putting in a lot better safe, public safety protocols for this. For anyone wondering, I don't know what he's talking about. So essentially this factory, there was a fire in it and there were no good ways to get out. And a lot of people died in the fire in this factory. Oh, okay. That sounds familiar. I just didn't know what it was called, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you're right. Absolutely. So hopefully, I mean, we'll take this as a learning experience and we'll treat it almost like that of where this is a horrible tragedy and obviously things need to change and hopefully public policy will change along with it. Yeah. I'm excited to see if any new laws come about. I've been seeing some interesting laws lately of things that I didn't even know people were advocating for. So I hope that this tragedy can bring something to the federal level, if at the very least, if one of these cases can make it to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Hopefully something will at this point, just so there is mandated change, because it doesn't seem like there's going to be change on their own if there isn't some forced mandate upon it. So I, I guess we'll just have to keep on looking in the future and see if what's going to happen with it. I feel like a lot of episodes end that way, but like, you know, it's what happens it, when you, you talk know, about the most current issues. It really is. I mean, that's policy is ever evolving. So you're always going to be seeing new policy, change policy. It, but very, very slowly. Yes, it evolves very, very, slowly. very slowly. So hopefully this policy changes a little faster just so we don't see another traumatically horrible event like this. But like I said, I guess we'll see, you know, if you can get anything done in the federal government these days, it's usually an accomplishment. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see just change our podcast name. Wait and see. Wait and see. Wait and see. (laughs) Well, thanks so much, Hunter, for talking about this topic with me. It's been fun as always. Absolutely. I'm always here to help elaborate. We're here for it. Yep. And we will see you guys on our next episode of Hot Girl Briefing. I hope you enjoyed this. Keep it brief. We'll see you guys on Thursday for our Keep It BRI episode. So don't forget to tune into that and we'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye.